listening to Fresh Take. You are listening to the Fresh Take Network. Fresh Take, The Rundown, Joshua Adam, William Arbuthnot, with the ultimate babyface, Mr. Joel Johnson. How's it going? And the talented, the sexy, the dangerous, Devin Ear, Thwip Thwip, Devin Seal. No, it's beep, beep, boop, boop, beep. <laughs> so we, when we have Joel here, you know there's a major reason why we have Joel here, and he's not doing your wrestling podcast, and tying for fifth in wrestling trivia, we will have our revenge, but that's a different story for a different day. Uh, and I will start this off on the wrestling side of things because I don't know if we'll have time. We will have a wrestling podcast this week. Really quickly, let's get kind of sad for a second here before we get positive. Uh, RIP to the Iron Sheik, Sheiky Baby. Um, one of the uh, more influential superstars in the history of professional wrestling. A lot of uh, great messages set out today from the wrestling world. We can go on and on. Have an, your wrestling podcast will go in deeper, but... Uh, for me, it'll always be him consistently telling Hulk Hogan to go fuck himself, which was just always a highlight. And, uh, you know, whenever you think of see a camel clutch, you know that Shiki, or whenever you saw Shiki on live TV, you knew it was going to be good. Joel, really quick thoughts before we get to oh, the rest of the show. He's vastly important to pro wrestling history because he he's tied in with probably the most important figure, Hogan. And without Hogan, you got to wonder where he would be without Sheik. And just what Sheik brought as a character at that time, like he's he's vastly important. And I mean, he, he continued to live on into the 2020s through Twitter because he would send out tweets that people would be like, yes, I, I support this, including the number of times telling Hogan to fuck off, which is a pretty common sentiment that I think every wrestling, most wrestling fans carry. And uh, I guess in the lexicon, Jabroni, is in the dictionary and if you asked anybody who came up with jabroni they would probably tell you dwayne johnson the rock but the rock confirmed which we some people already knew but he confirmed today that that was chic and she yeah. gave that to him and chic is one of the many reasons why he became who he was yeah. and pushed him if you remember uh again i don't want to go too much down the top chic is part of rock's first wrestlemania match uh, so he plays an important factor in two of the greatest generational superstars and their ascendment into superstardom. Oh yeah, she she is vitally important to the history, at least the history of North American pro wrestling. So our IP to Sheiky Baby. All right, let's move on, and we will talk about well, quite frankly, the movie of the year thus far. Okay. Sorry, John Wick. Sorry, John Wick. It was a good run. Wow. Okay. It was a good run, John Wick. You lasted two months. Uh, did, you, did, the... you, did you come to that conclusion the moment walking out of the theater, halfway through the movie? Like Walking me, out? I mean, I try not to go too crazy with the initial reactions anymore, like <laughs> I've told you before, but some, this was one that didn't really matter. Like, my initial reaction was the re- reaction I had. Right. Okay. Um, just ch- and... I'm just checking. I'll let go Joel go first because he is the Spider-Man fan that we have. I'll all say really quickly, and we'll go into different layers of everything. But yeah, just wildly amazed. Uh, you know, obviously it's th- there's already Oscar buzz for it again going for Best Picture. We've had three uh, animated films go for Best Picture. There may be another one that I, but I'm I'm 
from what I've seen, there's been three between actually Devin, can you can you tell me the three? Joel knows uh, the three. We've had this conversation off air. Toy Toy Story three. Yes. Was the first one, was it not? Uh, no. No. Uh Lion King. Yep. Lion King, Toy Story Three. How many did you say there were? Four? Three. Ooh, uh Wally? No. What's the third one? Big nineties. Prince of Egypt. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh ants no <laughs> uh does who framed roger rabbit count no it would it would count it's been nominated for animation but it's beauty and the beast oh okay yeah which was the it, first it was too obvious okay yeah. too obvious okay uh so it has a chance i believe to be in that category it's still the highest rated movie ever on letterbox which is amazing uh the art direction in this is is absolutely fantastic and I mean, it's kind of funny from hearing other critics uh, that had kind of a double feature on back-to-back nights that saw uh, this and then saw Flash. And apparently the two premises widely um, mirror themselves, which is bad news for Flash. <laughs> Very bad news for Flash. Um, but this was just an absolute masterpiece from what we've seen. It was hard to top the... the, the uh, the last one, and uh, before I get to Joel, is for Devin and I, who's had uh, shorted M- Miller and Lord stock long, long ago. Man, it's getting more and more flourishing every single day. I wish you could have bought it back in 2005, because right now we'd be billionaires with Miller and Lord stock. Yeah, I wish I could just meet them and shake their hands and make some Please let weird... them direct Civil War. I mean, not Civil War, Secret Wars. Joel? Oh, yeah, I think they... Like, because I I watched Into the Spider Verse, but like the night before going to see Across the Spider Verse, and I was like, oh, this is a really good movie. There's a little bit of me like, I don't know if they're going to be able to top what they did in that first one. Just even from an animation standpoint, like what they did in that first one was incredible. And then they went and like the minute you saw Gwen Stacy's world, it's like, oh, this is watercolors. This is visually so appealing to look at that you're like, holy shit, they, this, this is already off to a great start. And it, I, I will say that's the fastest two, two hours and 20 minutes that flown by. I don't think I looked at my watch once. Like I was like, I they could have kept that movie going and I would have been like, yep, I'm I'm all here for this. This is this is great. I I have no issue sitting here. Like just it was such a joy to watch. They did such a great job with the characters, the arcs for the characters, like just the Easter like they they I could gush about this movie. Like they I have I need a couple more viewings, but I'm not there's not a lot of holes that I can see where I'm like, oh, there's this issue or this issue. This didn't work. Like even Hobie, like that took two to three, like two to three years for them to do that animation style. And you can just see the love and the attention that went into every frame, every detail, everything that they worked on there. They spent hours working on, even with uh, Indian Spider-Man, they let the voice actor come up with some jokes. They were like, we're going to, we want to make it more uh, culturally inclusive and make you a bigger part of, so we're going to have an offshoot writer's room for this scene, for this character to let it 
being more what it should be. And I thought they did a great job in that scene. Like, I, I, I will be the one that sings all all its praises and will continue to sing all its praises. I will definitely be going to see this a couple times. This is, yeah, this absolutely, uh, this surpasses John Wick for me this year. And I enjoyed John Wick, but this, this, this is a step above it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. How do I follow uh, the reviews after that? Like you both, you're both setting it up for 10 out of 10. Out of 10. Um, I had a similar experience. I'm not as big of a Spider-Man fan, uh, but I am a pop culture fan and the amount of pop culture references and just little things that Spider-Man has kind of given to us. I mean, we saw it in the first trailer, the, uh, the three Spider-Mans pointing at each other, right? Like that meme. Um, I cannot wait, you know, in the seven to eight months where people on YouTube get to then make video essays about the art style or the just sheer amount of Easter eggs and blink you miss the cameos that there will be. Um, that's pretty indicative of all of Lord and Miller's work. Uh, you talked about Hobie Brown. Friggin' what a cool character that is. Like I immediately just want, thought about wanting to read Spider all of Spider Punk's issues. Um, his art style indicative of, of 80s punk rock with the various Xeroxes and newsprint sort of stuff and was just mind bending. I really loved how every character's art style was reflected in the character, like the, their surroundings as well. But then when they went to different surroundings, their art style continued with them. They didn't just get redone. So this wasn't like a, this wasn't a filter that the animators put over the different scenes and made everyone look different. This was each thing was like individually rendered to look different from each other. And I love the blendings of of mashups of pop art, newsprint style, uh, the watercolors that you had mentioned and how all those blended together. Like, I, I really thought to myself, like, would this have been even physically possible 10 years ago with the way computers worked? Or how long would it have taken? I mean, now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there's some crazy technology that people invented that you can put different art styles together, but the... The, the reward for the effort that they put into was just astronomical. So there's tons of great positives to it. Uh, I actually thought the, the music really, really stood out to me as someone who's not as in touch with, you know, Gen Z music. Uh, I thought this soundtrack actually hit harder than the last movie, uh, particularly the song at the, the, the closing credits. Uh, there was a couple of great shots that I'm sure we're going to talk about. Um, I'm a little on the fence about Miguel O'Hara his kind of heel turn, if you will. I thought it was a little abrupt, but they really landed the plane in the ending. Like, holy, like, I mean, I guess, it, you know, spoiler, spoiler alert for anybody. I mean, you're listening to a spider review. <laughs> yeah. At this point, you listen to Fresh Take, you know the pods are review filled. Within within like the first four days of the movie coming out. Um, how many movies really give you the the cliffhanger anymore? Well, it's it's the big debate. Is this more Empire or is this more Infinity War? That's kind of been the debate. I think it's more Infinity War because more everything kind of seems lost. I don't think everything seemed lost at the end of Empire. I guess uh, you know Han, Hans and Carbonite, so that's that's bad, and Luke loses a hand. But you know when they have that final shot at the end of Empire, right. you do have a little bit of hope that they can you know 
you know, find a way to go. And Infinity War, all is lost. And I, I guess I can kind of see where the other characters go there. I, what do you guys think? Is this more Empire or is this more Infinity War? It's it's kind of a mesh of both. Because yeah, why can't it be its own thing? It could be both. Yeah, yeah I know. I just, People are like kind of comparing. Because those are the two sequel best cliffhangers people are saying of the last generation. I mean, as much as I love Back to the Future 3, I don't think the, the, the Old West cliffhanger is on that level as much as I enjoy Back to the Future. Uh, the, the Old West isn't as much of a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. It, I think it's a little bit of a blend of both because there still is hope. Like, for this to be more Empire, you'd have to have Gwen and Co. in a very precarious situation. They're not really in a bad spot. They're they're ready and raring to go. Miles is the only one that's really in a bad spot. And even then, he's not in as bad of a spot because you can see him getting ready to use the palm, which is something that mm-hmm. is a callback. to, And it's also a callback to the first movie as well. So it's like you've got... You, it, it's not all hope is lost but there seems to be some danger so it's kind of floating and i i definitely think it's very much its own thing yeah uh i will say i still appreciate the first soundtrack more as far as like bangers quote unquote like i don't think any song in here top sunflower but i'm also glad other movies would use sunflower still again and try to refine sunflower with how big sunflower was and they mm-hmm. didn't do it as as far as background flow with the movie music i did find that this soundtrack really connected in that way quite a, quite a bit well with with the art style with the acting performances and with the storytelling the, this particularly whatever song it is i don't can't remember what it was but whatever song it was when miles is talking to his mother was really really good and whatever song that was happening when miles and gwen are talking again was just really fantastic yeah that was one background music that really blends well with the scene so the use of music art like this is going to be one of those movies that you know we have movies that are studied in film uh in classes this is this whole series may be one but this movie in particular too is going to be one of those movies that is get studied in classes as far as art use of music use of story use of coming of age all all those uh, and above and use of tension for romance use of parental guidance and you know, the trouble of being a kid and trouble of being a parent and how you guide your kid. There's so many lessons in here you can break down uh, in in a class like I had when I was in college and had to do an essay on Crash. This is way more interesting <laughs> than an essay on Crash. Nice. <laughs> One of the worst Oscar movies ever. Yeah, terrible. But man, did I write the shit out of that essay. Okay, so what, you know, give me, uh, give me a couple of your deep dive thoughts, Mr. Essay Man. Um... Well, uh, I again the 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 art style for the Spider Gwen Ghost Spider is my niece would be yelling in my ear whenever I call her Spider Gwen. Even today, when I was Facetiming her, she unfortunately has chicken pox right now. Um, but talking to her on the phone and she was playing with her toys as we were talking, and I was like, "Oh, he's Spider Gwen." She's a cheap Ghost Spider. So to her, I still have to say Ghost Spider. It's very. We got to come to a, a conclusion here, by the way, on what she is because. Some entity, she's Spider Woman. Right. In this, she's uh, Spider Gwen. And in most other entities, she's Ghost Spider. So, can we just come to a conclusion of what she is? No, no, we can't. First of all, so uh, Ghost Spider, Spider Gwen, I think are the two that she mainly gets called right now. Um, but um, I thought it did such a good job, too, with Spot. 
as far as a villain arch, you took something as simple as getting a bagel thrown at you. <laughs> but, you know, there's a deeper context to it of being embarrassed in front of your coworkers and, you know, trying to figure things out and being kind of the joke at first of where he has. And I thought that, you know, the, the jumping into whatever kind of, that was like 1950s, 40s panel mm, was yeah, a really nice yeah. deep cut on that. And it kind of set the tone of what you're going to be. I mean, if you're asking me what my favorite deep cut was, it was Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, because I, as much as I love the Fox Spider-Man, as far as story, Spectacular Spider-Man may be better than the Fox Spider-Man. Fox Spider-Man may be an overall better series, and the Venom arc in that is still the right. top arc for the cool. Fox, Fox Spider-Man and the use of other Marvel characters. But what Josh Keaton did in that spectacular Spider-Man run was great. And then Disney purchased the rights for for Spider-Man animation and made the one they did, which is fine. I watched it last summer. It was my summer watch. It's fine. But um, they did such a good job in that of telling the story of Spider-Man, really making care. A banger of an interest name. And Josh Keaton, who does voice that, was talking on uh, Instagram Live the other day and talking about how Disney kind of fucked him. Because there's... Um, Disney makes Avengers Mightiest Heroes, another really underrated animated series, only lasted two seasons before they pulled the plug on that and then did some other bullshit that they did. And Spider-Man was going to be introduced to that. And he recorded all the lines. And then he went to watch it, got family and friends like, yeah, I'm going to be in an Avengers thing, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, that's not my voice. That's Drake Bell's voice. This is fucked up. So I was happy that he got to have this moment. And even Joel and I reacted at the same time. I didn't think he'd get a line. Like I knew that he was going to be the po in the poster, but the fact he got a line and an important line talking about Uncle Ben's death, I, I thought was really important for a character that is that beloved. We didn't see the Fox Spider-Man. We did see the Fox Doc Ock. Right. At yeah. one point, and we saw Spider-Man, uh, the future Spider-Man that was the after. Um, I can't remember what that, that Spider-Man's called. Do you guys know what that one's called? The one that followed? Unlimited. Oh, Unlimited, thank you. Spider-Man Unlimited was shown, but not the Fox uh, Spider-Man. But uh, And then the, the 1960s Spider-Man obviously doing like, whatever he can do, I can do. Whoops, never mind. Yeah, that was a great one. Pretty fantastic. So they've been doing good use of that. The Japanese Spider-Man's apparently in this, but they didn't really use him as well as I thought they would. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I thought we'd use him a lot better. Um, bombastic big man seeing him was cool and they were very very calculated to protect his chest because they technically can't use that fantastic four logo so they made sure to not like use bombastic big man but not show the fantastic four logo which was uh which was well played by them so i i thought as far as characters that you care about uh from different iterations they did a good job of making you do i mean how some of these people have done their YouTube videos like this is an Easter egg and this I'm like how the hell do you see all this stuff and even then like still can't see everything I mean we're just now getting these Mario videos with it being digital the people can point all the Easter eggs from Mario that they didn't see beforehand no matter how many times you go to the theater right because now there's the sickos that are pausing Mario and watching boom boom, boom kind of like what we saw with Ready Player One right so you're not going to get all the references from Ready Player One until you get the pause and the last thing I'll say is obviously the Glover side of things um, which is just crazy story of, you know, Glover wasn't even supposed to, like, Miles Morales is, exists because of Donald Glover, because Glover was in the original idea for Spider-Man 2 was going to be Donald Glover, and then they casted Andrew Garfield instead, and then Glover in season two, season three of Community 
wakes up in Spider-Man PJs, which gets uh, Marvel to create Miles Morales based on Donald Glover. So mm-hmm. kind of a nice full circle now. We, I mean, we saw him as a prowler in that, uh, as the Aaron Davis in the first uh, Holland movie, but now to see him as that. And this is great. And here's an even deeper Easter egg on that. Dan Harmon, who is the creator community creator of Rick and Morty. Um, he's kind of a, a part of the reason this movie exists too. You can take it all the way back to Dan Harmon because his then girlfriend, I think now again, wife, dragged him to go to a community college together. And because of that, he based community on his experience at community college to where we are now. How does that really so, link up to Spider-Man? Because if Dan Harmon doesn't make community, Donald Glover oh. may not be in the position that he's in to sure. become Spider-Man. Because before that, Donald Glover was obviously doing some stand-up. He was in a few episodes of 30 Rock, but he wasn't the star that he really got to become until doing uh, community. Before that, he was doing Derek comedy on uh, College Humor. And he wasn't even really rapping. It was mainly a lot of stand-up, but then getting to do that leads to the creation of Miles. So Donald Glover is kind of an antithesis of that, kind of like um, the African-American Superman that we're going to probably see that's based on Michael B. Jordan. That's based on Barack Obama. So some of these figures that we see are based on certain characters in our life that we get to see purchased into art. Dang. Okay, that's the review. Thanks for tuning in. See well, you said next deep time. cuts. We got lots to go. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to ever compare to that. There's there's a lot there. Like, yeah, and like seeing Glover was great. And that got a, like a loud reaction in the theater. Like just having, having that Glover appearance. Cause I never thought Glover would be in there and it is MCU Glover. So it's like, and I was like, dad, that's really cool. I'm, I'm quite happy that he was in there. And yeah, it was, there were, plenty of moments in there you're like oh shit this is referring to this and this is this is tied in with this and this is great like even like uh andy samberg as ben riley was great my I pain <laughs> so much pain and it, it it was it's i don't like his animation style was fantastic like it just right out of the comic book yeah and the yeah. way he moved and everything i was like oh this is this is perfect and then when he gets taken out by spider gwen i was like that's good that's good i i thought like they did a great job just every character it didn't like you have all these spider-men and all of them felt a little bit slightly different whether it's Mm -hmm. the look or when they're talking there's little bits and even when they're going through all the canon moments they have that long line but each of them have like a little bit of a difference to them that make them stand out a little bit instead of it being all the same spider suits all the same uncle ben's it's like, oh, I, I like that. That's cool because you're you're taking all these stories that have been told over time and all these variations of Spider-Man and going, oh, here's here's this version, here's this version. And I'm sure like there'll be some person that will go through and identify each and every single Spider-Man that is sitting mm-hmm. there next to Uncle Ben. And it's gonna be like, what are you doing with your life? I don't want to even do that. I'll watch the video though. <laughs> I'll watch the I'll watch the video, yeah, but okay. I will not be going certain through it yeah uh dev jeez um i got questions we want to start asking questions well i just i'm trying to i'm trying to like put my thoughts together in this coherent non-rambling sentence 
that touches on things that you guys haven't talked about. And I think it's really, really hard. You guys did such a good job. So uh, go ahead, ask away. So a few nitpicks from me. Um, so the, the 42 universe, right? So that, that miles is supposed to be Spider-Man, right? Mm-mm. So no, he, actually, actually he is because you see in the yeah. spots flashback where he's going through his origin story just before that spider is sucked into Miles's universe, you see Switching. it moving towards someone with dreadlocks that look exactly like the Universe 42 Prowler, which is Miles. So that spider was heading towards Miles. I and thought Miguel, that I thought Miguel talked about that. Right. I thought he talked about how that was meant for Pete, that was meant for the Peter Parker in 42. And it was because... meant for a Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Okay, I misunderstood that then. And when you see Miles get bit, when he sees uh, Peter Parker, the Chris, uh, which Chris is that? Chris Pine. Chris Pine. You see panels behind him are green and purple. And then as Pine is doing his Spidey sense, it shakes a little bit and then turns into red and blue. So the identity, so it's like Lord and Miller kind of know what they're doing. Uh, so the identity of him was supposed to potentially be a prowler. That's kind of them foreshadowing that to you and then coming to know now he's a Spider-Man. My question on top of that, though, is so if that was happened, he would be an anomaly. Why did Miguel not step in sooner with all this? It's is it because Miguel didn't get anything till the end when he got the yeah. goober? Yeah. Right. Because when he finally got that, that's what led to the building of the spider society and then it wasn't until that post credit scene in across the spider-verse and so when that spider-man dies is he kind of taking the place in that universe of the chris pine spider-man yeah yeah okay yeah, it makes sense dang okay yeah and I you can you. kind of see in miles 42 um the society is broken down because there's no spider-man there yeah 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 so that's what I was getting out of that too. Was, I mean, if we want to loop in, we haven't quite uh, established a lot of the ground rules yet. But the TVA authority stuff about Kang the Conqueror with the it's Marvel a little universe, TVA like, a little bit. Well, it's just one. Or I was even thinking like Madam Web. Like I was really hoping for a Madam Web from the '90s cartoon. I little, was hoping cameo so too. Well, there. Madam Web is younger now. Sure, I get that, but yeah, you can still have the giant chair with the spider legs or whatever. Um, I. I think there's absolutely an audience that would see that 90s uh, Madam Web and be like, oh shit, I know exactly what this is. Like that. Remember, I... remember though, guys, there's the Madam Web movie by Sony coming in February. With so there's Sydney no saying it was Sydney Sweeney, yeah, and Dakota Johnson. And there's no saying that they're going to do that movie and then have that once they've introduced Madam Web, then have her introduced in Beyond the Spider Verse because the rumor for Beyond the Spider Verse is that's going to be a lot more live action stuff. Well, and I do not think the the tentative release date for Beyond the Spider-Verse, I don't think we're going to be seeing it. Uh, it's already been changed, and Haley Steinfeld says she hasn't even recorded anything. So we may not see that till 2025. I wouldn't be shocked. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm okay, because there's going to be a ton of pressure on this, that third one. Because you this is it's a lot like final seasons for TV shows, specifically that series finale. Are you going to stick the landing? Because you can have a really great buildup, and then you can fumble the ball really hard at the end. Yeah. Dexter, How I Met Your Mother, uh, the list can go true on blood, and on. True Blood. 
True Blood. So if they got to take a year or two to get this right, I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. As how hard is it? Know, how hard is it to land a plane though on a Spider-Man movie though? For being honest, uh, talk to Spider-Man three. Yeah, well, okay, <laughs> fair enough. Good point. Uh, I mean, we were talking about this off air, Joel and I too. So I'm interested, Dev. Best superhero trilogies, where and we talked about this kind of with Guardians, but now this is in that that echelon in that conversation now. Where are we talking about where it is? Are we saying the best trilogy is Guardians, Cap, Iron Man, Avengers, or are we saying it's still Dark Knight? Holy shit. Uh, okay, so if you have four movies, are you automatically disqualified? Like I think you're, you're just Superman? going with... Well, yeah. Uh, you go, just, we're, just going, curious, we're just going just... We're going by trilogy. I guess the sure. fourth one, you're talking about the Christopher Reese uh, Superman Yes. The fourth one with the radioactive guy definitely takes it down a bit. But even the third one with Richard Pryor being kind of brainiac sucks. Okay. Even though it's filmed in Calgary and you get the the bizarro Superman fighting in front of the CR, CLRT, which is pretty dope in the Calgary dump yard. Okay, okay, okay. Well, we'll, 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 brush, past, we'll brush past it. So you're saying our, our, our choices are Dark Knight Trilogy, Iron Man, Cap, Guardians, Guardians. Thor, (laughs) Thor, original Spider-Man. Like the the other thing too is like the amount of actual trilogies or that movies make it to trilogies is pretty small anyway. So we have a small sample size. Like if you're making me compare these two movies versus the three Iron Man movies, I'm gonna pick this. Like, yeah, not. I I think it's only really five in that category. I'd still say Dark Knight is one. Yeah, even though Dark Knight Rises is a little bit lower, Guardians oh, yeah, the worst. Guardians Guardians two, Guardians maybe two or one because I like two more than you do, Dev. But you can argue Guardians is very consistent. But I think the difference between Guardians and Dark Knight is just one and two are just so steps ahead than whatever Guardians does for the three. You mean yeah, Guardians? Guardians, Guardians is much, yeah, Guardians three. I guess would is a little groundbreaking. But it didn't break as much ground as Batman one and two did. No, Cap. I just don't count Civil War as a Captain America movie. It's an Avengers movie. It is. It's it's really Avengers one point five. I I really wish we had gotten a third movie with Chris Evans as Cap. Yeah. And just had it not been so tied in with everything else that they needed to tie it into. Because I think you like based on Winter Soldier, you easily could have. And I like yeah. I like the first cap more than a lot. I, I mean, I guess you're technically I, counting that. I I like the first cap as well. Like I I've seen that movie a couple times now, especially at work. And it's like, oh, this this is a decent movie. Like this isn't anything that you're going to be like. This is the best thing I've ever seen. But it's not going to drag the franchise down. It's not doing any damage, and it's it's helping establish certain things. So it's it's a step forward. It's not a like a leap forward but it's like a couple steps forward and it's you you enjoy the movie so by that proxy if we made the avengers movies original ultron and civil war where does that rank see one is really one is massive for just what 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 one accomplished and what it led to down the line age of ultron didn't didn't hit the mark quite if that's a movie that you you watch and you're like yeah it's fine but it's not it, 
it's not a solid follow-up to that first one and civil war is a fine movie like i think a lot of it is for me it's like oh there's spider-man yay spider-man but there's a lot of stuff in there that's like it's it doesn't quite thread that it's a solid movie but it's not something that i'm like yeah this is incredible so if you take those three eh, so i guess we're saying this is this is like probably three right now because it has to finish it off but it's probably dark knight guardians and then the two spider-man movies that that uh this one the raimi one and then the holland one or do you go holland and raimi i <laughs> I just start coughing um, you're gonna make you're gonna make joel's brain explode by making him compare spider-man so this is i think the uh, sam raimi trilogy is better than the holland because i think the third one is not as good as everyone watch watch the third one at home it's not good when you watch it at home it's really awkward andrew garfield comes out and it's like silent for like 10 minutes they need they should have edited that down for the home audiences it's fine it's a it it, that movie lacks a lot of logic compared to what this does Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i got some problems with that movie but it's it's a fun watch it's a fun Uh, watch we're we're gonna talk about if we go down that rabbit hole with that Spider-Man movie, we're going to talk about movies as changing from art or pure entertainment to then fan service. Mm-hmm. And I think the third Holland Spider-Man movie was where movies transitioned into fan service as a they way of... They wanted the, the YouTube reaction video that we got from Infinity War. They wanted everything from it, though. They wanted they wanted uh, it, an uptick in Spider-Man merchandise across all three generations of Spider-Man. They wanted uh, social media hits and impressions. They wanted fan-made videos. Uh, they wanted podcasts to talk about it, which we're doing right now. And to me, that seemed like it was the first of its kind in terms of a generational thing where, like, movies on existing properties will not and we've talked about this uh for a long time josh a little bit you and i joel i'm sure you can relate um where people have people's reviews about things change because of a 10 second cameo Mm -hmm. and i really dislike the fact that uh the star wars show a star wars show or a marvel show or marvel movie is a probably a six and a half or a seven and then because we know that there is a cameo or we know that we're conditioned to watch through the credits to see a five second clip of some actor say some line that hits with me from my childhood suddenly it's an eight or a nine out of ten and spider-man i'm glad that they ripped the bandaid off and just had the characters all interact with each other and it was it was was more than a cameo they were actual acting parts uh but the fact of the matter is is that these these companies are preying on nostalgia in a way to then just give people instant gratification rather than make us actually work for the enjoyment of those three Spider-Men together. So that's it, kind of where I'm at. I mean, Joel, you could agree or disagree. I, it, it's interesting just because a lot of, like a lot of me, it, a lot of these big massive movies that are coming out, especially from kind of that Disney side, you look at, I was not really high on this, current season of mandalorian and a lot of it is just a lot of these stuff are just like hey this was a thing that you really enjoyed we're gonna bring this couple things in that you're gonna you're it's gonna get you get you to pop it's gonna get you to cheer and then it's a very hollow 
uh, moment within the movie. So I think, like, just based on that, like, I think it's really hard to take any of the Holland movies and say any of them are better than Spider-Man 2. And it's just, like, Spider-Man 2, like, again, and none of it is being like, hey, we're referencing things or we have this or that here. Like, Spider-Man 2 is a great movie just by itself there spider-man one is great so it really is like yeah the hollow movies are there the three of them there i think they're a good origin story for peter i'm now interested in what's next because now do you just continue to keep him at the level of friendly neighborhood spider-man or do you tie him into other things and of course you want him as the head of for secret wars which i'm not i'm i'm very nervous about the future of marvel I'm not entirely sure where it's going to go because they they seem to have gotten away from having good stories and relying on hey we're gonna put we're gonna put Harrison Ford here we're gonna put this here and this is gonna get you guys all excited and you'll come give us money and you'll come and enjoy it and from a writing standpoint they're not finishing the third act for a lot of movies now they're just kind of like ah we're putting this together this is how it's gonna go now and it's like. You're you're seeing it painfully obvious. Like Ant Man was not. You, did you see it, Dev? I did. Finally, I can tell you, I'm not a dick. Yeah. Line yeah. of the year, baby. That's the line of the year for you. Oh man. <laughs> so stupid. A lot of that I'm movie not a was dick. A lot of that movie was very stupid um i, I will say including darren cross's baby bottom but that's a different story <laughs> at joe's point though that's the great thing about across the spider-verse right and your point too dev of it's organically you're not just going like oh it's that spider-man and that spider-man they work into the integral part of what the story is and they play their roles and when they come you're like cool that's spider-punk cool that's spectacular spider-man that's bombastic bag man that's the ps4 spider-man that's spider-man unlimited so on and so forth but it's not just popping you to pop you. It's playing an integral part of the story. And I think the biggest movie that had the worst example of that more recently was Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, which should have been based more on traveling the multiverse and going to these different alternate re- realities than just being like, you know, we got we got Professor Xavier bitches. Yeah. But they did, he did travel. He they, they went to the paint universe for about five yeah, seconds. Yeah, but barely, but barely. And uh and this it does such a good job of portraying all that and and the difference is too like from you take uh multiverse of madness to this you take a the time when you go to spider-gwen's world we talked about the different color palette um and then you go to spider-man india's world and you see different color palette you go to uh spider-punk and see again different illustrations color palette i would have loved to see his his world I would have loved to see that. But in, in Multiverse of Madness, yeah, you mentioned the paint world and then they go to the one world they do and they got pizza balls. Yay. Yeah. yeah it, it, it was very... Bruce Campbell pushing punching himself. Yeah. They, they didn't, like, with Multiverse of Madness, like, you look at it, like, what, across the Spider-Verse and even everything, everywhere, all at once, those are what multiverse of madness should have been aiming for and it was just like we'll just go the really easy member berry route here's the here's the here's the society i'm the names escaping me but here's 
John Krasinski. Captain Carter, Black Bolt, Mr. The Illuminati, the Illuminati. Mordor and Captain Carter. And, oh, and then and then the one girl uh is Captain Marvel. I can't remember her name. I just Rambo. Rambo's Captain Marvel. Yeah. It was like they 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 totally like even when Into the Spider-Verse came out, like that should have been oh, this is something we can do. Oh, we can be really creative and we can try a bunch of different things. Because Into the Spider-Verse, like, I remember going into that being like, yeah, no, I'm, that, that, that looks all right. I'll probably give it a watch. I have the first issue of Miles. So, you know, there's there's that connection there with Miles and being like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when that first came out and the comic book series where Spider-Men and it was the first time Miles and Peter's ever met. It was like a five issue run and it was like oh this is really cool and then uh miles goes back and then peter tries to find out who's miles morales in his universe the 616 and that's a cliffhanger i'm like oh this this will be fine and then you watch that movie and you're like holy crap this is great and it it's a shame that they didn't see something like this and go hey we can take a chance and we can we can be creative and we can have some fun and they they just went member berries route Yep, they did. Um, I guess the the next question I I mean, so Devin, you mentioned Miguel, and I would go for this for Miguel, kind of what I told you in the text of. It's a guy that had that kind of did the same thing that he's seen from Miles in a way, right? Mm -hmm. Number one, he's trying to break all these anomalies. He sees a guy that's literally an uh, an uh, an anomaly, and he tried to break into a world where he had a family, had a daughter, he saw it fall apart. So obviously it's a guy that in some ways a little bit twisted, but even the Spider-Man 2099 character is a little bit, from my understanding, I haven't read the comics, but from animations and games I played, he's a little bit more extreme in the first place anyways, right, Joel? Oh yeah, you, you've seen that in the video games. You've seen that where he he butts head with Peter in just terms of what what the role of Spider-Man means and what 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 do you go to accomplish the goal? And he's definitely a little bit more leaning one way and then Peter's a little bit more like, oh, no, I don't think we should do that. You've seen it in a few of the games and just yeah. a few different mediums that he's been in. Did you ever play I don't Web dislike him. Oh, sorry, Dev. No, I was going to say, I don't, I don't dislike him as a character. I only talk about how... Uh, if I'm going to split the movie up into about fours, okay? And I and I think that the first half of the movie, the first two-fourths of it, right where they end at Mumbatton with Indian Spider-Man, is just mind-blowingly cerebral. It's really heartfelt and really touches on all those genres that you talked about. I think that middle third where we learn about Miguel's past through basically a bunch of flashbacks and like monologues was very stereotypical villain of the week type stuff, even though I know he's sure. not a villain. I just don't, I don't feel that connection. Like I, I feel like his, we'll call it a heel turn. I feel like his heel turn wasn't really as gratified as us learning about spider punk, for example, or us even, us even learning about spot, for example. Um, and so when it came down to like Spider-Man needs to be chased out of the spider society by all the Spider-Men because one Spider-Man said so, like that really wasn't that justified or, or, or gratifying for me. Um, it would have, 
it maybe would have been nicer if there was a bit of like a spider schism where people who had like lost uncle Ben and the people who had lost aunt May, like had a fight or something along those lines about how if enough spider people were talking about these canon events or these, these events that all the Spider-Men have to go to, it'd be great if we had different spider people take the sides of what had happened to them and like, well, we need to go every, every Spider-Man needs to have uncle Ben die. We'll know some Spider-Man think that every time, you know, Gwen Stacy needs to die. And, and then you have like these little pockets of, adver- of adversity and some are trying to help you. Some are not trying to help you um, because the ending uh, so the ending with Miles is fantastic going to the wrong universe with the spider bite, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then the group of spider people who go to save him, some new, some old, like, I don't really understand what the connection with the older spider people, like, you know, spider noir and Penny are compared to if there were spider people who agreed with him or didn't agree with him. So they're going to help a friend, even if they don't agree with what he's trying to do with breaking his own universe. I would have liked it if there were spider people who were like, this is the right thing to do for our spider people. And it may not be the right thing for the spider universe. And then that would be the plot of the third one, which is dealing with the ramifications of either universes collapsing or how to reconcile them or how to fix them. Yeah. I think we might see a little bit more of that. And it's also interesting too. It just happened to be that day. Like these spider people can't all be at spider headquarters. All the, this is, this is overthinking the movie. Well, there's a, there's an, in, there's an infinite amount of them, right? There's literally every yeah. possible combination of spider person ever. So They're therefore all like the same day. No, no, very it, it, quite honestly, it's probably the exact opposite where most of them are actually in their spider universes. And it's just a matter of like, there are, there's millions of spider people and we saw thousands of them. Mm-hmm. Most of them uh, are probably at home. Yeah. I, I I didn't mind the uh, the other thing that's been debated about uh, was the ending to it. I never minded the ending because I, I guess I kind of knew that this was a sequel, so I was fine with it, kind of like with Infinity War. But even if I don't mind having a cliffhanger to bring you back to the film, I understand right. that idea. As long as you're going to do it and not make me feel like you're begging for money, right? Like Matrix, for example, when they had that the 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 end of the second matrix I'm like we don't need a third one of these shits like i'm good uh but yeah. like even something like pirates which is not like compared to the other sequels we talked about like with infinity war or with empire i'm like yeah i can come back to pirates and let's figure this shit out let's figure out where um sparrow is and all that and this it was like yeah okay i'm ready to go like obviously like joel said at the beginning i want to get going i want to see what moves forward kind of like with john wick four like i'm ready to go to john wick five right now like did he die? Did he not die? I'm ready for John to kick more ass. We've built up this world of John Wick so much more now. Like I'm ready to engage him more on it and see what there is to go with John Wick. But I I think it's completely fine leaving us there, kind of like what they did in Infinity War and kind of like what we had in Empire. You're building up the story so the conclusion can feel even better because that anticipation of wait, or rather I'd like not to wait, is going to be just as good for the payoff whenever it comes. Right, Joel? I, I think the thing for the ending where it ended is like you you want a quality movie and the where they ended it was the best spot that they could end it where the story's not overstuffed it's not overblown it's not rushed you're not trying to burn through a bunch of story beats to get there you're letting stuff breathe you're letting like like letting people have their moments letting the arcs naturally rise peak and then fall down as opposed to being like, oh, we have to get everything into a three-hour movie and just 
cram it full of much stuff as possible, cut stuff out. They already did cut stuff from this movie, and they we've heard some stuff about them cutting a live action portion, Spot being at the villains bar. Like it's it's a lot of stuff where I'm I'm glad they did it. Like that stuff sounds cool and it'd be neat to see, but everything I felt like they did was in service to make the best possible movie, which to me is at the end of the day all that matters. And they did that, and I'm perfectly good waiting for a third one that will probably be two and a half hours and it will help conclude the story and they say that this is it there will be no four they are they are tired and they are they are ready to move on to other things mm-hmm. and yeah that's when you're seeing lorna miller kind of said that they're done after this and i mean when, when's the last time you had an animation film that had this much buzz around it for a, like a third of it right like all respect to those minion movies which do make money you're not having people have these conversations about minion movies right or even something like inside out 2 which comes next year right or toy i guess toy story gets kind of the buzz a little bit but the problem with those toy story movies is there's the kind of a definitive end- ending with enough wiggle room to open up right so like for toy story 4 it sounds like there's going to be toy story 5 I mean, it, I'm going to spoil something on Toy Story 4, so I don't know if either one of you guys give a shit before I spoil it. I haven't seen I, Toy Story 4, but that's okay. I can I probably know. guess what happens. So Woody leaves with Bo Peep, and so they're kind of by themselves now. Um, so it's like, can you really do a Toy Story 5 without a Woody? I guess he can just kind of be like, I'm back, partner, or whatever. It's a little bit different to how to do that. They go to another garage sale and they get reunited with the other toys. I don't know. Like, As we've seen, Buzz by himself is not a draw. Not a draw. Well, hey, that's not even fair because that's not even real Buzz. Like that was that's totally different. So, um, it'll be interesting to see kind of where they go with all that, and, and kind of your point too, Joe. I hope Marvel takes some lessons from all this. I, I think Iger's already taken the one role of having the idea of less is more. Uh, and and I have enjoyed the Marvel, even though it's kind of Guardians came out a month ago, but they have been broken up a little bit more. And we have Secret Wars here in uh, two weeks to come out, which I do think, God damn if I'm wrong on this, but I do think will be a different, distinct feel than what we've seen from the rest of it. At least I hope with, with the caliber of people that are surrounding it with Olivia Coleman, for example, I think it'll be different and a bigger platform to go on. But there is a lot to learn here from the Spider-Verse film. And like I said, for Secret Wars and maybe even King Dynasty, um, as we've learned anything from Star Wars in the in the sequels, if you're going to have a big, big movie set up and two big movies like Kane and Secret Wars are going to be, you need it to be consistent and you need the same directors. Infinity War and Endgame saw this having the Russos attached to it. I don't really want the Russos attached to it. They've got their thing. Let's move on. Fabs has been thrown around. Sam Raimi's been thrown around. It should be Lord and Miller. It really should be Lord and Miller for Kane Dynasty and for Secret Wars. I think at this point, they have proven a, uh, beyond the Spider-Verse whenever that comes out. I We still got to see where this film finishes off. I mean, from the reviews we're seeing from both Flash and from Transformers, I don't... Transformers is probably going to win the box office this week as we're talking, more than likely, because of the global success it has. But I'm not going to be shocked if Across the Spider-Verse really hits into it and to that point of that's going to bring more of attention of, yeah, we should probably use Lord and Miller in one of these big MCU movies going forward. The question is, do do Lord and Miller want to do an MCU movie? 
that's the question is can that Disney relationship be patched up after after solo? See that, that that's a big thing where it's like I would be if I was Disney, I'd be like, oh, these, these I think these guys can handle it. And especially like if if this live action version of whatever's coming next for beyond, as long as that works and flows well and you see that they handle that well, then I I would definitely consider bringing them in for Kang Dynasty and Secret War. A, I think they do a great job. I've, I've been very happy with these last two movies. So I, I think that, and I've been watching first season of Clone High. So I've been enjoying that as well. Oh my goodness, Joel, you're a man after my own heart. Second of all, how dare you guys think about if they're good enough or big enough to helm an MCU movie like Oh, they are. Cut, cut the Disney shit. Like that's that's ridiculous. Like of course first, they are. It's the question of Disney will think they are. Um, well, I think Disney knows they are. Uh, a continued box office success across all mediums and all realms. The problem is, is they're gonna have to basically godfather offer them something to get them to come back, right? Mm-hmm. Especially after that seat. So if if burden me once, shame on you, blah, blah, blah. So when they got burnt on Solo, it's going to take an ungodly amount of money to bring them back a second time. Because right now, their relationship with Sony across all platforms has been fantastic. Uh, they get creative freedom. They get to make the dumbest jokes. They get to reboot Clone High, which is their like first love. Why would they ever go to Disney at this point? Wasn't 22 Jump Street under Sony as well? I believe it is. Yeah. So they've had Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Yeah, twenty two Jump Street, and now this Spider uh, sequel, and because of the stupid Sony hack, we never got to have twenty two Jump Street meets MIB, which I can only imagine how awesome that would have been. Could it, which could have been better than the than than twenty two Jump Street? I mean, so, look, twenty two Jump Street helped Kanye realize that he's not an anti semite. Apparently, hey, go his ahead. words go go uh, Jonah Miller. Like so, even. Like, so we got, uh, we got Meatballs 1 and 2, 21 Jump Street, Lego Movie, 22 Jump Street, Spider-Man. What the fucking Lego Movie and all of that. Right? Like, I... Do they do, do, they do Lego Batman and uh, Ninja Gagu? Uh, so they did, uh, they were producers. Hmm. Uh, they're producers on Mitchell's versus the Machines. They're producers on Cocaine Bear. Uh, they like, wrote some of Mitchell's and the Machines too, didn't they? Uh, I'm just looking it up right now as we kind of go along here like it just goes crazy and then not only that but you need to have you need to think about the tv side uh so clone high with that goes without saying method and red they were writers on method and red i know that's they didn't write mitchell's in the machines but they were heavily they heavily have produced it uh how i met your mother brooklyn nine nine last man yep. on earth like the the unikitty show like this is just it's ridiculous like they can do whatever they want and I think that they're very, very, very happy doing these kind of zany, off the wall. We'll call them. I'll, I'll call it. A, I'll, I'll call across universe or across Spider Verse Two a relatively low stakes movie in terms of story. Uh, but they just there's no there's no pressure on them really to deliver, uh, you know, this groundbreaking Gone with the Wind type story, given their pedigree. They just get to make zany shit that's kind of handmade has a lot of flair and artistic style to it and is kind of heartfelt. Like that's basically a Lord Miller to, to a T. Yeah. Yeah. And Mitchell's versus machine. You, you mentioned that that was fantastic. I Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's um, and it, again, I so the one I can't remember who said this quote. I think it was uh, Charles Robinson uh, from uh, the Midnight Boys of the Ringer said like you or maybe it was Sean Fantasy it was one of them when they did the review. Um, but you can literally pause this movie at any place and you can print out that picture and it can be a, a work of art, literally. Like there's almost everything in this. You can pause it and make it a print it out and it's a work of art. Well, you talked about the uh, the the screenshot worthiness of this movie. And I just want to like, I want to specifically call out, well, first of all, we haven't even talked about Schwartzman as the spot yet, really. Like we've, we mentioned him in passing a couple of times, but uh, the scene that really stood out for me was uh, when uh, Gwen and Miles are talking at the gargoyle and she's walking kind of upside down and the, tr- the, the, the cameras following her was just like completely mind bending to me where it was so natural. Like there were times um, with the animation of this film where I was convinced that a lot of it was uh, motion captured. Like I, I just like, how could this not be how, like these were the, the physics of these characters and the way they moved were, were on par with, any any cutscene from Last of Us Two or God of War, in my, in my opinion, there were points like even just looking at stuff and being like, "Is that that looks really realistic?" Like there's there are little points where I was watching the movie, it's like, "Is that are they live action?" No, no, they're not live action, but just the the attention to details, like you split second where you're like, "Wait a second, that that looks really real and they did such a great job and like you said the movement of these guys is just i i did there had to have been some motion captioning the shoes were at one point that was really cool when i saw the jordan ones kind of pop up in real time that was really neat but he's not his guy in the chair oh yeah that dude that was that guy was kind of funny too and he was playing like uh he was playing Uh, spider-man on ps4 spider-man 2 was it really Spider-Man 2 was confirmed. Oh, that's cool. Hate him now. Not yeah, a fan. You'll, you'll get to play soon enough. In September, I'll be a fan of him. But for so, now, I hate him. I was uh, going into... I did, actually didn't do a lot of it. Uh, I, I tried to do a lot of research going into these movies, and I either forgot or didn't know that Schwartzman was the spot in this movie. And so I start, you know, start the movie with him fighting the spot, and I was like, God damn, like, this guy's kind of got like this nerdy, nerdy voice going pretty good. Like, man, he really reminds me of Jason Sportsman. Like, I kind of thought he was, um, who's that guy who voiced the Sonic? I know who you're talking about. Jaleel White? Jaleel White? No, not the cartoon Sonic. Oh, like Ben Schwartzman. Uh, ben Schwartz? Yeah, Ben Schwartz. Yeah, I kind of thought it was a Ben Schwartz kind of deal. And I was like, man, like, in my mind, I was like, Jason Schwartzman is not a big enough, you know, person to be in this kind of movie. But it'd be great if Jason Schwartzman had a non-West Anderson role. And that for like 20 minutes, I was like, man, Jason Schwartzman would be so good in this movie. The whole while he was fighting the spot and fighting Jason Did I not Schwartzman. tell you this on a podcast that he was the villain? I told you that I probably forgot. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was a little... I, I I was, you know, a little banged up. I was eating some popcorn. I was like, you know what? Like Jason Schwartzman would be so good in this movie. And then I was like, wait a second. This is Jason Schwartzman. And then I was like, I was just even happier. But uh his his art style at the end of the movie after he after he joined the, the collider with like the cool scribble type uh art style, like 
we didn't really get to see him almost Slenderman like. Yeah, we didn't get to see him be like the ultimate villain, but I'm looking forward to whatever that's going to look like in the future. Yeah, unlike like Thanos like snapping the the fingers and having like the what did it cost and seeing the effects of everything happens, you're more visualizing now what is he going to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and it seemed like throughout the movie, as he was gaining power, he became uh, better equipped at dealing with his powers and using the spots and things like that. Because the first 20 minutes of the movie were just slapstick. Like, I love the one scene where both of them, both him and Miles, go through their spots. They're doing like cartwheels in the background. Yeah. Just a great little like slapstick humor scene that I enjoyed. And then as they were going on, like him him being tied up and using his foot to kick someone away from him was just really unique and uh, ingenious. It was fantastic. Joel, anything else? I uh, the spot was I remember the spot from the Fox. Uh, Fox. Right. So I was like, oh, I'm familiar with the spot. So this is that's good. kind of one of the first time I saw multiverses kind of talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would that would be one of the first first few that i think you'd see on like at least from a comic book standpoint in tv or movies yeah not big wheel we still haven't got big wheel yet sorry donkey Mm -hmm. soon we'll get big wheel though devin did this movie make you feel like spider-man oh goodness uh no i i don't think so but only because i don't feel like i can relate to miles a whole lot um I would like to feel like Spider-Man, but actually I really felt like Ben Riley. I felt like that Spider-Man a lot. And the Sandberg, the, the Sandberg. Oh yeah. And basically he, you know, for being honest, he was doing his best impersonation of Will Arnett doing Lego Batman. Yes. Good point. Probably intentional. It still worked though. Um, J Jonah Jameson and JK Simmons. Like, so he's basically a Nexus being right at this point. Like yeah, he's, he's a Nexus being. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the very few Nexus beings, uh, which is just fantastic, like perfect, never change. I think we all kind of went away from J. Jonah Jameson being JK, and we all regretted it. That weird time in our lives, we're trying to be edgy. Uh, so to bring him back is fantastic. And then the piece de resistance of the whole movie is got to be the live, the, the Lego scene. Like, mm-hmm. just fantastic. He's, he's Joe Jonah Jameson also in Venom as well. Yes. Uh, but it was kind of cool seeing the convenient lady. I'm not gonna lie, it's just those Venom movies suck. I did kind of pop seeing the uh, the convenience store lady to the point I'm like, is Venom in this shit? Like for a brief second, I kind of wanted Venom to be in this. I was thinking about how difficult it must be to write a Spider-Man property and not include the symbiote. Yeah, or the symbiote, depending on what movie you watch. By the way, too, yeah, in Ultimate Spider-Man, the cartoon, he's also in that as well. So he's okay. he's he's in everything. That's his role. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna win an Oscar, obviously, for Whiplash. He was in Juno, he was in La La Land, a lot of great movies, but when he passes, he's get me pictures of Spider-Man. Yeah, obviously. Absolutely. He's a meme now. He's like, that's how you live forever, is become a meme. Yeah, and he seems just fine being in that role oh absolutely um what do you want from the third movie joel i think right now i want whatever lord and miller 
want to give you. <laughs> like it's at it's at a point where I'm like I'm they've done such a fantastic job. I'm like you you basically whatever they put on that screen, I'll be like, yep, yeah, I'm gonna go watch. I that. I'm going because you can easily go in and be like, I want Tom Holland. I want this. I want that. I want this character. This thing has to happen. This has to happen or it's the movie is going to suck for me. I'm going to go in with just give me whatever you're going to give me. You've been successful these last two times. If you don't give me Tom Holland, but the movie is a it, I enjoy the movie, then it's it's a success. So that's that's more or less the mindset I'm going in with it, where it's like, whatever they give me i'm going to take because they've done so well and it it also helps the viewing experience not having like a little checklist of like i need this i need this i need this or this movie doesn't work for me because i'm not the one writing it i'm not the one making it they're the ones doing that so i'm going to go in i just want a good movie i'm very easy to please i need the fox <laughs> spider-man i need the fox spider-man and the japanese spider-man okay yeah. So I just I just want to be clear. I need a Gundam, Devin. There. I need the Spider Gundam. Whoa, whoa! Don't get me started. Um, I want to be clear that Lord Miller did not direct the sequel. Uh, they were no, producers they or executive and wrote and writers. So, um, yeah. one of the co-directors, uh, Joachim De Santos or Joaquim De Santos, depending on how you say it. Uh, Josh, he was uh, he did Justice League Unlimited. Oh God! Now you have my intention. Yeah, now, now that's that's why we like him. He also did the Legend of Korra, which is the Avatar show. Uh, which some the, people uh, rate that as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, animated show ever. Some people. Yeah, he did. He actually, did both, he did actually did both avatars, and then uh, he did the the new Voltron show, which is uh, it's. Pretty so what good. we learned here is Sony, unlike Marvel, who just went out and got Rick and Morty writers to work on everything, like we're like, no, we're gonna get guys that worked on other really good animated things. I mean, that's the rub, right? Do you get people who fit an agenda, I suppose? Or do you get people who are known for really establishing themselves? Although one of the writers then... on Loki wrote in Rick and Morty, so. At this point, everyone's written for Rick and Morty, okay? So, like, yeah. you know, it's not that special. I'm, I'm, this is just completely side tangent. I'm very curious what the next little bit of Rick and Morty is going to look like. Yeah, because we don't even know what the voices sound like yet. Or do you just do like offshoots, like evil twins, and then they don't have to sound the same? Like they have an easy out, right? Like especially uh, with multiverses. Evil Morty, is still, evil Morty is still alive, but Evil Rick is dead. I don't mean that literally. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you asked. You, you, you don't watch Rick and Morty, do you, Devin? No, Devin hates I've, Rick and Morty. I've seen a couple episodes through Josh's recommendation, and I give it a lot of credit. Uh, I just, uh, I think it got ruined for me by the the toxic fan base. It's toxic fan base and the old and Rick and Pickle Rick ruined. With oh that. God, yeah. Pickle Rick weird. hit the level that Ch that uh, Rick James hit for me for Chappelle's show. Mike, you're ruining the show for me. Mm. Yeah, pretty much. It's not even Rick the best finally, joke of the whole show. Neither is Rick James for Chappelle. That's what I was talking about. What were you talking yeah. about? Oh, with with Pickle Rick either. Yeah, that was um, peak. That was peak cringe internet for me. Was Pickle Rick stuff? Oh God, yeah, it was bad. It was the bad. guy, the guy in the McDonald's. That was that was what did it for me. Oh, the Szechuan sauce. Yeah. 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 Brutal. Yeah. Luckily, you haven't had anything like that with Spider Man. Uh, on other Spider Man news today, Tom Holland said he's taking a year off from acting, which is perfect because that's how long the writers are going to strike anyways. And that said, when he he do Spider Man again, so it works well, out for him. 
And how close is the actors to striking? Close. Uh, directors came back, and look, I don't want to assume, but you know, it sounded like too. One of the reasons he wanted to settle down was him and Zendaya want to start focusing on their where they're going forward in their lives and everything like that, trying to look for houses. Maybe they're trying to think about kids and all that. Who knows? I mean, everyone's going to have different beats in life where they want to be, and sometimes you don't want to. I will say with Holland, he's probably like, you know what, the Spider Man thing's kind of my thing. Maybe I'll just stay with that. What are you talking about? Uncharted was a hit. Money wise, yes. What else? What else is there? To, what else is there to judge it? I, I guess, yeah. I mean, critically, not great, but money wise, <laughs> yes. Okay. Money wise, it was this so far. Uh, it's doing pretty good. Like I said, I mean, then the box office for um, the box office for for June is just a slaughterhouse. It's it's like rise. It, Transformers starts tonight as we're recording this, which I know Devin and I will probably go see in, in the theaters. Um. Then the Flash is next week. Then Elements, which comes at the same time as Flash. It's a Pixar movie, so it'll probably do good. And then Indiana Jones bumped up to a fifty-one. Hey, not quite, not quite fresh yet. It's gonna be the exact opposite of Crystal Skull. I bet you. It'll be really Crystal Skull reviewed, was a, like a seventy-eight. Yeah, Crystal Skull is a seventy-eight, seventy-nine Rotten Tomatoes, and so. Maybe this is just what Mario was, where the critics hated Mario and everyone saw it. I was like, yeah, this is good. What are you talking about? I'm not wrong. The critics must be wrong. Except for Spider-Verse, then they're right. I saw this uh, meme for Rotten Tomatoes. It's like, it's like 90%. See, I told you it was a good movie. And then it's like below what your movie is. The critics don't know what they're talking about, but look at the audience yeah. score. It's great. But then the other way around, like, the audience doesn't know what they're talking about. Trust the critics. So it really doesn't know. As I was telling Joel... I'm starting to trust the letterbox rating more and more. Did you know on Rotten Tomatoes, Hook, Hook, which I think we can all agree is a good, fun movie, mm-hmm. yeah. quality movie, 29 on Rotten Tomatoes. They got it wrong. They got it wrong. Well, Josh, you told me you exclusively trust IGN for all your movies. I do. I do. Oh, IGN, wow. which gave Transformers a seven. But across the Spider Verse an eight. Did it really? Yeah. Wow, that's a that's a. And never forget, they gave the Brian Cranston Godzilla a fucking nine. I mean, that was a it was an okay movie. You hit it exactly. Okay. It deserves a rewatch because we totally got suckered into like, oh my god, Walter Rice and the it Godzilla was Cranston movie. Cranston peak Breaking Bad. They knew what they were yeah. doing. Oh, hundred percent. But if we watch it like ten years later without without any kind of preconceived notions, I think we'd give it a little bit. Like It's probably a solid 8, 8.5. I love the con and Godzilla for how stupid it was. Peak pandemic movie. Yeah, peak pandemic movie. So weird. Uh, all right. Um, final rating on Spider-Verse. Dev? Uh, 9, 9.7. Joel? 10. Yeah, I'll go with the 12. <laughs> Okay, I'm the asshole then. No, I'll don't go trust 10. me. Uh, I think it is. It's, if we're generating in this decade uh, superhero movies, I don't know the exact placement for it right now, but it is a top five superhero movie of this past decade. And the only ones I can think that are in the realm that I could say that are better are its predecessor, 
uh, Infinity War, Endgame, uh, Winter Soldier, and Dark Knight and Batman Begins. Well, if you're talking about 2020s, the bar is very low. Yeah. Of the 2020s, it's the best one. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't even know what I don't even know what the second best one is. What's the second Suicide best Squad? one? Guardians? Guardians. 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 Suicide Guardians. Squad. The Suicide Squad is I really enjoy that movie. Suicide Squad's probably third. Uh Shang-Chi. Yeah, Shang-Chi's good. Uh oh, the Batman. Can't forget that. Oh, it's Morbin time. Oh, hell yeah. Am uh, I the only one of... still that's seen that movie? I haven't seen it. I'm I will not watch it. Really? But I think maybe what happened across the Spider-Verse might explain what happened in that movie with Vulture. Because mm, he, it's a anomaly. Yeah, he's an anomaly. Okay, just... there we go. Yeah. The ending of <laughs> he just shows up. <laughs> Michael Keaton's just there. I haven't seen it yet. Thanks. I might do a rewatch if it if it comes uh, up later. I would I would say I had more fun with Morbius than I did with Ant Man, though. I couldn't tell you. Ants. Yeah. The Bill Murray character was weird. Something. Is that the worst movie you guys? Either one of you guys have seen so far. This year. Yeah. What have I seen this year? That's like the real question, I suppose. Like, I, I mean, by default, I guess so. No, did I see Thor this year? Because Thor'd be a Thor's last Thor's. year. No, but did I see it this year? Uh, maybe. If that's the case, then I think Thor three was the worst movie I've seen this year so far. What's um, Joel? I think you and I have seen more movies than Devin has. Um, what would you say are the um, the five best you've seen so far this year? Oh God! You're. I. I had no idea. I've I've kind of I've been watching older movies. I've been kind of bouncing all over the place. I I saw Promising Young Women Women this year, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, I tried Triangle of Sadness. Hmm. Hmm. Peak. Did. I, I. I'm gonna have to go back and finish it, but it just. That was a that was a movie that I'm glad we saw in the theater. Yeah, theater movie, theater movie. That was definitely sure. a theater movie because some of the reactions we had for that in the theater. Um, I mean, yeah, if you're kind of movies you saw this year, like Chef, which I saw for the first time ever this year, was super great. Um, mm. But that came out a long time ago. I mean, the th- the three best I've seen so far is probably Cross, Spider Verse, John Wick, mm-hmm. and then probably Air are the three best I've seen so far. I saw Air. Hmm. You don't uh, like it that much. No, I thought it was I thought it was good. Um I also thought it was a little weird that like it was just so blatantly like I use this term not affectionately, but like in the best possible way. Man, they sucked a lot of dick in that movie. Yeah. Like that whole movie was just blowing smoke up Nike's ass. And it was just mm-hmm. like and I understand that this is like a very loose biopic and it's just a you know a thing of entertainment, but like there was never really any kind of drama to it. By the way, on that note of sucking dick, I know what my worst movie was this year. Hey. Shazam. 
Is there a fellatio thing we need to no, know about it just, that movie? No, it's just, it's just bad. Well, uh, Zachary Levi talking anytime. Hmm. Yeah, him opening up his mouth is kind of weird. You don't uh, want to see John Wick. It's a bad movie for bad people, but Shazam is friendly, friendly, and our movie's fun. Come see it. Also, I hate Dwayne Johnson because he ruined my life in my movie. Pretty Did Black much. Adam come out this year? No, that was last year. Okay. Two two other movies I've saw this year that I enjoyed: A Man Called Otto with Tom Hanks. Mm, yeah, that's on and uh, The Menu. Oh yeah, the menu's good. That came out last year, but yeah, yeah. Well, I saw it this year. So. Yeah, there we go. I mean, I still haven't seen Little Mermaid, which I want to see. Um, I didn't include Guardians in that. Guardians is probably the third best movie I've seen. Yeah, yeah, and okay then Mario. That. Mario was fun. I know either one of you guys have seen Mario, but Mario was was a blast. Hey, hey, hey! Mario should only exist to win awards. Okay. It's the yeah, only reason my movie should ever. Song. When Peaches wins old... best song, baby, and destroys Matt Adams' life. It's, it's the, the only reason life. movies should exist is to win awards, okay? Yeah, apparently. I just can't wait till the Oscars when Jack Black comes out in a full Bowser outfit. What do you mean when he comes out in a Bowser outfit? He will wear it like on the red carpet. <laughs> the red carpet yeah. He's like, he has no shame. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? What, what are we getting? Yeah, that's nice yeah how how much would it bug adam if uh across spider-verse won the oscar that'd be groundbreaking that'd be groundbreaking i mean we still have that sort that scorsese movie's probably gonna win oh yeah that's everything you hear about it it's it sounds like an incredible i can't wait to sit down on my couch and watch it on my iphone just for you martin (laughs) it's gonna be three hours yeah i'm not doing that You guys. I only go oh, for God. the highest cinema. Oh, okay. Three hours, Here we go. Like John Wick. Here we go. Yep. John Wick, by the way, being almost three hours, that flew by too. That really, you know what? Spider Man had about, Joel, you kind of talked about like natural endings and conclusions of the plots and stuff. There is at least two just fade to blacks in Spider Verse where I was like, okay, I'm like going to start packing up my popcorn, like to start ready to go. And it was like, no, we're going to keep on going. I was like, damn it. Like it's like Lord of the Rings. When I thought like I, when, when he had first made that jump and he opened, like he went into the bedroom, I thought that was the actual ending. Yeah. And I thought that would have been like a great little, like to me, it wouldn't have been a, it wouldn't have been a cliffhanger as much as uh, it currently is situated. But I was like, damn, like that would be a great natural ending. And then it was like, they just kept going and gave you a little bit more. So, uh, you know, my fifth favorite movie was this year 80 for Brady, which was literally <laughs> one of the just how is this movie as fun as it is? Fantastic Ramadan movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say the only part of John Wick that dragged for me was the staircase. I just, I, I just wanted him up the, at the top of the steps. I was like, just get up there, just stop walking slowly just get up there this is driving me nuts it's the only part of the movie i was like just can you can, can get going can you get to the next part please oh i laughed my ass off i thought it was hilarious yeah. <laughs> there was a point where i was like the humor had died and i was just like get up those fucking stairs now and then when he but, fell back again i was like just, just, at the just very bottom that was great yeah there we go it is a busy like i mentioned busy june still coming here as far as films we have transformers we have flash 
we have Elements, and then we have Indiana Jones and the Dale of Destiny, which I am crossing every finger and toe to just be decent, please. Just be decent. Mm -hmm. And then for uh, shows, like I said, we have Secret Invasion, we have The Bear, and uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia are some of the key shows. That Always Sunny's back in... tonight, I believe. It's back tonight. Yes, it is. Dang. So everyone go and enjoy that. Uh, best of luck to the writers. Hopefully this stuff can end soon, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. And uh, yeah, we'll talk more about uh, some uh, random stuff next week. We have um, gaming. Uh, we have summer games starting uh, tomorrow and we'll do more episodes of clone high. And Devin sent me a really intriguing thing and EA released it of, uh star wars stats so we'll go over some of those star wars stats and i'll kind of let Devin know where i landed on some of those key stats sides thanks everyone for watching the rundown for drill johnson Devin seal joshua arbuthnot until next time folks cheers and enjoy the day people remember your goals